listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 73. We're going to give you five ways to build trust online. But first, some Instagram predictions for 2019. Are you ready? Let's do it. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, White Oak High School Class of 1997, Hall of Famer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's 2019. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm your host, Seth. Super glad to be with you. This is the first show of 2019. I am actually recording in 2019. I'm super excited about what this year has to bring. I spent a few uh, a few days here recently planning the blog content and the podcast content for 2019. And I am stoked. I can't wait to share some of this with you Uh, today on the, uh, I want to remind you about the Facebook group that we have and follow me on Instagram at Seth Muse and all these great things are going on where community is happening. A lot of people are joining that Facebook group and and we're starting to ask questions. Uh, It's really, really great. So get in that group. It is found uh, in the show notes that today's show notes will be sethmuse.com slash 73. You can get links for uh, all the things I'm going to talk about here and including what we're going to start with, which is an Instagram predictions list. Now, this is not my list. I got this from later, which is the the later blog, um, which is the tool that I use to schedule a lot of my Instagram posts. I really love later. It's, it's got a lot of great features. I can go into that more and more, especially in the Facebook group, if you want to talk about it there. But they shared a blog that I thought was really interesting. 13 experts share their Instagram predictions for 2019. Now, I'm going to grab some of the highlights. We're not going to talk about all of them. And if you want citations for all this stuff, you can Click the link that's in the show notes, but I want to give you some of those predictions before we jump into five ways to build trust online, which is super important and I can't wait to get there. But first let's talk about Instagram. Let's do this. All right, let's get to this. This is from Later's blog. 13 experts share their Instagram predictions for 2019. You know I love Instagram. I love a good picture. It's worth a thousand words, except a lot of people forget to put the words with it, which makes the picture a little difficult to understand. I digress. Let's move on into some of these experts. If you want to know who they are and stuff, just click the link in the show notes and you can see all of this from this blog. But uh, a few interesting things. First of all, one of their predictions is that Instagram is going to invest heavily in IGTV. Now, raise your hand if you're using IGTV. Oh, uh, no one, no one, no one, nobody. Yeah, exactly. It's not a very popular program uh, program or product platform, I should say. And even Instagram has said, yeah, user interaction has been pretty bad. We know this. We're not happy with it. However, there are some things that are keeping it from being great, like the searchability of, of people and, and, and some of the ways it functions, you can't search, uh, content very well. Well, we know that Instagram is working on how improving that. So with some of those improvements, we could see, we could see some actual, um, IGTV boosts in people use, cause they really do want that thing to be the next YouTube. They really do. I have, I have my doubts. I love Instagram, but I have my doubts that that's going to replace YouTube, especially at this stage in the game. YouTube has been around for so long, but it's the only way that regular old accounts like you and I can put links in our stories. Did you know you can do this? You can actually link 
in your Instagram story to IGTV content. So if you had long form content or a podcast that you had filmed on your phone, you can actually link to that content on IGTV. Now you have to have 10,000 followers and a blue check mark and all kinds of really ridiculous red tape to get the ability to put links to just anywhere in your Instagram stories, but everybody can do it if you're putting in a link to IGTV. Uh, check me on that. Make sure that's not just business accounts. It could just be business accounts. I should have checked that before. And I'm sorry, but go, go make, I think it's everybody can link to IGTV content because they really want you to use it. And I think they will, which is awesome. That's a great connection. Why are more people not doing this? I started doing this. It just didn't get any kind of real traction. Uh, so I think they're going to work on this too. I think they're really going to invest in it. And since when, have you really seen them launch something and then not just really force it down your throat until you love it? Honestly, that's Facebook's way. Uh, Instagram is owned by Facebook, so I expect to see some some push on IGTV too. Um, one of the other things they said was that there will be more analytics in Instagram. I agree. I think that Facebook's been testing Instagram analytics on their platform, like on Facebook, to see your Instagram stuff. So I think in the Facebook insights section, I think you're, if you connect your business profile Instagram to your page, I think you'll be able to start to see uh, some improvements rolling out in analytics there. Hopefully it will really just be in the app. I'd really love to see it in the app insights rolling out to being a little bit better. So maybe they'll do it there, but I really think they understand that so many businesses now are making tons of money on Instagram. There's a lot of people launching products and businesses and, and Instagram is a huge marketing tool for those uh, for many different types of platforms. So I know they're going to want to do that for churches. Where is that? Why is that really great? It's because you get to know your audience on Instagram and how it's different from Facebook, etc. so much better. And then you can tailor content for each place a little better. Uh, Facebook's also working on something like playable ads where, you know, you have seen those games like not Farmville, but games like that, where you can actually play it for a few seconds to see what it's like. And then it says, Oh, you like that? Let's, let's have some more. Um, I have a few games on my phone where you can actually earn uh, energy for the game where, by watching this ad. And some of the ads are, hey, Im improve this area of the garden. Now you've improved this area of the garden. Want to do this more? Here's the game. Go download it. So that kind of stuff could come to Instagram as well, since it is more of a mobile platform. It makes sense to be there. So we'll see some... Uh, some advertisement type things like analytics boost, I think. All right. Yeah, one of the other things they said was authenticity is king in 2019. I've been saying this for a year and a half, maybe two, but online authenticity, everybody, that's being real with who you are. The perfect feed is really nice. It's really cool. And I think there's still something to be said for, for creating an aesthetic on your feed wall. However, however, I will say this. Most people now can smell marketing a mile away. They smell your advertisements a mile away. They know when you're trying to sell and they know that perfect doesn't exist. And that is so important for churches to grasp on Instagram is because we want to portray this image of this pretty, beautiful, high quality HD and I understand that. I understand why we want to see that because a lot of feeds are that way and they're beautiful. They're nice to look at and they are. And if you can achieve that and still be authentic, that's the win-win, right? But most of us may not have access to a nice camera, a DSLR or whatever, but even your phone takes really good photos. Just be good, like proper lighting, et cetera. Use good apps that maximize the lens in your phone. 
lots of ways to do it. So authenticity is going to trump anything you do in that area, though. It's it's just going to be raw and real. You've seen a lot of uh, female uh, influencer types that have, especially if they're their client that they use their influence for is like a, a beauty type thing or, a, you know, makeup or whatever. They're actually advertising the makeup by not wearing any. <laughs> and it's, it speaks to just authenticity. Dove has done a great job advertising to women by basically saying that you're beautiful without this stuff, you know, and that authenticity just grabs a hold of hearts because they smell marketing. They smell the, and it's almost like that polished feed that you're working so hard to get kind of communicates fake. Whereas a uglier feed, not, I guess uglier feeds, not the right way, but just more raw looking photos. Um, they look like they were taken with your phone, not a DSLR. Let's put it that way. Uh, and they're vertical and not horizontal. So that translates as authentic today a lot more. I think that's going to be a big deal. Um, I spoke about influencer marketing. That's what, that's the, uh, fifth, I think we're on fifth, uh, thing from the later blog. Influencer marketing is changing. I know that like you have this person that has like 15, 20,000 followers or even more than that. And you want to get with that person and what, businesses will do is they'll pay that person to simply talk about their products or use their products on their Instagram feed. And that is a way of like kind of peer to peer one-to-one almost in a, in a way marketing that um, like if this person likes it, well then I will try it, you know, cause word of mouth, it, social media is the new word of mouth and influencer marketing is kind of a foreign thing to churches, I think, but Oh, we're, we're actually trying this at my church right now. I've actually reached out to one of our local influencers who has 15 or so thousand followers, but said they want to be Frisco's number one influence marketer. And so we've talked to her and we're going to see if like, you could just come to our church and honestly review it. You know, that's just one of those things. It's like, we're not asking you to say something that's not true. We're not asking you to, to, to lie to people or, or, or anything like that, but we just want people to see our church and hopefully it will be the image that we think it is. And that's all we really want. So churches are going to have to toe a weird line with that. However, what they're saying is that influencer marketing is becoming more, really more accessible because micro influencers are become that's becoming a more personalized thing. Uh, you can actually go and find someone who maybe doesn't have 15,000 followers, but find someone in your area that has maybe eight and talk to them and that, that, that do this and say, will you come and review our church? Will you come and just be a secret shopper and take photos and say, here's my experience and love this like that. That's weird, whatever. And just be honest and go out there and do it. Some of you are like, man, I would not want somebody to do that in my church. So (laughs) this may not be for you, but think about it. Like how powerful that is. If your church really does well with a lot of that first impressions and a lot of, you know, your facility is nice and just things that people are looking for. Your kid's area is really great, which you should be careful having somebody come in that you don't know, taking photos in your kid's area. That's a totally different, totally different story. But influencer marketing, finding what student ministries could use this like crazy. Uh, Instagram influencer, micro influencer marketing is going to be a thing. And then last, uh, new user to user tools. I kind of been going this direction a little bit in what we've been talking about. Uh, social media is going the way 
going away from the one to many kind of marketing or, or advertisement. Like I put out a post and a thousand people see it. No, you put out a post and 10 people of your 10,000 people see it on Facebook or Instagram. It's really getting to where you really can't see a lot of stuff. So the user to user one-to-one is becoming more desirable for most people anyway, because they're tired of being marketed to. They get thousands of marketing messages every day and there's, and we're overwhelmed. And so when someone shares something personal, like I just send a, a link to an article I thought was good through messenger even, or DM on Instagram to put it in the context of here to a friend of mine that I saw that is way more valuable. So how do you get that going? That's something to think about on Instagram is how can you create a network, maybe a pod of people that when you share things, you share it on Instagram and they, you know, DM it. I don't know. So one-to-one messaging, there's going to be a lot of new tools. They're probably going to, they're probably going to bring in in-app calls like they did with messenger where you can actually call or video chat with people through messenger. If you didn't know you could do that, you totally can. I've done some coaching sessions with that. Uh, it's, it's really, really simple and probably more reliable than most of my Skype stuff. Um, but still, They're going to add tools like that, that allow you to form. They've already done a little bit of this in DMS with the addition, well, in in stories with the addition of the close friends group. So you can add a group of people over here that are called quote, close friends and send a story to just them, or you can send a story to everyone. I think that's only the beginning of that sort of thing. Now, how does that apply to us in the church? I don't know that we're going to see. And I think there's going to be some interesting stuff happen. So whether you're doing Instagram right now or you're not, either way, these are some of the things that are coming for Instagram. I think that a lot of these are probably spot on, something to watch and pay attention to as you're trying to reach more people on Instagram. Okay, okay, let's jump into five ways to build trust online. Now, this really pertains to social media when I'm talking about uh, how to build trust online. And what I mean by trust online is when people see your content, when people hear you, quote, speak online, do they think that you are someone to be believed? Do, uh, you know, are, are you valid? Are you someone they should follow? Is this content we should pay attention to? And I'm going to say a couple of these and you're going to go, oh yeah, if I ever see that, that's definitely a way for me to go. No, I'm not going to follow that person. So let me just give you five. And I think you'll understand a little bit more if you don't already, uh, what I'm talking about when I say these are five ways to build trust online. And I think we all understand and agree why it's important to build trust online. We already talked about one authenticity is a huge factor in building trust online. And we're going to talk about some of the ways that we can really build that authenticity, at least with certain people who are following you, uh, with some of your social media, um, uh, platforms. So let me, let me go and They're really in no particular order, except the order that I thought they would go best in. So number one, filled out bios. If you have a bio on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, and it's not filled out, it looks like you're not quite serious about being on social media and people will come to your church page or church Instagram account, especially Instagram and go, huh, I don't know. Or Twitter, actually Twitter is really bad. If you see someone pop up and you go, should I follow this place? And you click their link and you see their profile and it goes, uh, and it says hope, like for instance, ours is hope fellowship. It says hope fellowship church and hopefellowship.net, And that's it. You haven't told me anything about your church. Why should I follow? What are you about? Who are you? Who are you? 
Like, I don't know you. And so when a new person clicks on those links in your, in your bio, then there's no reason to follow you there. Cause that's really what they're looking for. They're looking at your feed in Instagram, but, and, and some of your content elsewhere, but they're really looking like, tell me who you are. Why should I care? And a lot of churches, I'm, I'm shocked at people and churches who don't fill out their bio. Another thing about bios that's just extra here, for, especially for Instagram and Facebook too, is that putting your city in your bio is super important. Filling out your links in your bio, you can now put hashtags even in your Instagram bio, and that helps you be discovered. That's basically SEO on the platform, search engine optimization. So people are looking for church. If you've got hashtag church, which I don't think is a good idea, that's a huge one, but your own personal hashtag or something that's kind of related to who you are. Um, ours is Hey Hope, it's hashtag Hey Hope, because we're Hope Fellowship. So it's in our bio and people can search Hey Hope, but it also brings up our, our profile, not just our content. So it helps you to be found. And it also breeds on authenticity when people find and go, okay, this is a church that recognizes that social media is social. And it's like walking to somebody at a party and going, hi, I'm Seth. And that person goes, you can't see me. I just stuck my hand out and didn't say anything. It's weird on, on, on audio to do that, but that's kind of what it is. It's an awkward pause of nothing. And it's just a really weird vibe to give off. Honestly, fill out your bios, just fill out your bios. Number two, another way to build trust online consistency. How often are you posting? So if I, if I'm going to see if I'm going to follow you on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or wherever. I'm looking at how often are you posting? And there's a couple of factors here. If you're posting every hour of the day, I'm not going to follow you. That's too much. I don't want to hear from you that much. You're a church. Let's be honest. You're basically a brand. And unless I know somebody and they're just consistently funny every tweet, every time, I'm not going to want to follow you. So make sure your, your content, I say once a day on most platforms is fine. Twitter's different because it's more in the moment, but Instagram and Facebook definitely once or twice a day, three times, probably at the most. Um, I would say three times, maybe on Facebook and twice on Twitter is probably the max, uh, that just, and that's different for every church. So you kind of find your, your rhythm there and figure out what works for you, but can, but whatever you're doing, do it the same every time. If you're going to post three times a week, post three times a week on the same days or post five times a week, post once a day. If that's your, that's our rhythm right now at hope Facebook and Instagram once a day. That's it. That's what we do. And it's consistent and we don't miss a lot of days. And sometimes it comes later in the day because I get busy. However, we always post once a day. That's our rhythm. We've built consistency that helps not only your algorithm, but it helps trust that this per this is somebody's at the wheel here. This is not just some automatic thing. And, uh, and, and something I'll give you a bonus one here. Cause it goes along with this that I didn't add in my list. It definitely builds trust is that when people comment on your stuff, you respond back and, and they can see, Oh, there's somebody actually paying attention and try to be encouraging when you do it and positive. So that's just a bonus one. Number three, follow through. Uh, clearly thoughtful posts communicate a lot about your, your church. If you're just kind of posting on the fly and everything looks raw, that looks amateurish and you know, people can see that, but if everything is just so pristine and perfect and there's just a little bit of copy and it's just a beautiful photo and there's no real interaction that looks fake too. 
that looks amateurish because not amateurish in the way that the other one does, but amateurish in the way that you don't know what you're doing on social, which is not really always bad. Sometimes it's ignorant. Sometimes it's laziness. Sometimes it's, man, I just don't have the time. There's a lot of different reasons for that. Uh, whatever your reason is, it communicates to those that are, that are finding you and trying to follow you that, Hey, you know what? This person isn't super engaged. This church really isn't engaged. Maybe, um, you know, these posts aren't super thoughtful, but if your posts are really thoughtful and, and about your target audience and thoughtful about where they're at right now and what might help them when they see this and not have to click somewhere else. When, when it's clear that your caption is thought through and like you're, you're making a point in your caption and you're sharing content that helps them and it goes together and you're responding, you see that kind of stuff and go, okay, they're following through. They're building trust because it seems like they're they're They care about me is really what it translates as. So follow through and clearly thoughtful posts are a way to really build a lot of trust. So number four, uh, quote authoritative people, um, quoting authoritative people. Like, I don't know what circles you run in, but some pastors hold some authority in your church and your people might know who they are. Maybe they don't, but whatever they, whatever, whoever you're quoting, even if it's your own pastor, or if it's just scripture, make sure that you're, you're quoting, um, you're quoting people or quoting authoritative people sometimes whenever you are, uh, are posting because that builds an authority for you as a church on how life should be lived. So if I'm quoting, uh, an early church father or even the CS Lewis, whatever you think about him, uh, irrelevant for this point, but like somebody I think is, I think, uh, said something really smart once and you post it and then you give a thoughtful insight in your content, in your, uh, in your comment, sorry, your caption, uh, you know, those kinds of things are not only thoughtful and helpful, but they build a little bit of authority. Like you're not just in, in an office, you know, throwing some random stuff out. You're actually doing a little research too. And, and this could actually go into blogs, podcast episodes that you share when you, when you're posting authoritative content that has been tried and true by trusted people, then it builds trust for you. That's all I'm saying. Number five, cite sources for claims. And here's something, a little trick that I heard. Um, this is not just like when you, when you quote something, you give the credit, you should, when you use someone's photo, give them credit. If you can, you should, uh, it's not just talking about that. What I'm talking about, uh, really is citing sources. Like we're going to make a point or your pastor has a, has a quote that he uses on Sunday and you're going to make a graphic out of that post, maybe in the caption. I heard somebody say this. I can't remember where I heard it, man. It might've been at that church conference or something. I think it might've been Michael Lukaszowski who said this, but add a scripture reference to the caption to support the quote so that it builds that authority of, and he said, at least it, it keeps people from being able to say, no, and, and you know, troll you and argue with you. But at the same time, it also gives you a little bit of an authority, like, Hey, we're connecting what we're saying to scripture in every case. It's bringing scripture into the life on social media. Uh, I've tried to start doing this with our posts because I realized we weren't really doing that very well. And so I started trying to do this with our quotes when we do a, a quote from someone, even if it's a quote I pulled from CS Lewis, or I pull it from our pastor, I'm going to try to attach a scripture reference to it. And, um, in fact, I'm thinking about this today. I forgot to do it today. Dang it. I totally forgot to do it today. I posted something that was from our vision and it went along with the passage and I was going to put the passage and I just ignored my notes like an idiot and I didn't do it. So I'll have to go back and fix that before anyone who hears this podcast 
sees it. But now, you know, hey, I'm being honest. <laughs> I made a mistake. I made a boo-boo. Okay, so cite your sources for claims. Scripture adds authority. Why? Because it's scripture. Why do we have to say that? I don't know. But anyway, five ways to build trust online really gave you six. I think those are really helpful. I think that's ways you can start to really, it's kind of passive stuff that you you use to build this culture around your social media that says, you can trust us. We're, this is safe. Because when you start to build that culture around your social media, some of the, something that happens is kind of it's kind of amazing is that people start to open up. You find out things that you may not have ever found out to pray for or how you can help your people. Prayer requests come in. People start to reach out to you through social media because they recognize it as a valid channel to communicate with you. And that's really what they want. That's honestly a big difference between a Sunday service and social media during the week is they can't talk back to you in the service. You can say whatever you want. They just got to sit there and take it because you have a microphone and you will say anything you want. Wedding singer, right? So on social media, you have the option to speak back and the people want to want to interact with you. And it's way more engaging that way. That's what they're craving. So Use social media to create this culture of making that okay. Because I, I see a future, man, and I'm no prophet and I'm definitely no futurist, but I can see this future of social media and the way it's really going and how, how culture is, is behaving and using it. And man, if churches are not prepared to accept the fact that social media is an online community that is just as valid as the ones when you're face-to-face for people, then we're going to miss opportunities there to really reach people and find out what's going on in their lives so that we can actually do real help in their lives. We can actually pray for them about specific needs. I'll tell you, people are way more open on social media when they feel there's an element of trust. And if you will work hard at being that person that's trustworthy, being that church platform that's trustworthy, then I think you will see a rise in the use and in the openness of your people. Uh, Some people always go to me and say, um, we did all these really quote, engaging type posts, even stuff that I've told you to do that helps build engagement. But because of some of this other stuff that hasn't really been, uh, cultivated, the culture of trustworthiness is still not there. And so you don't see those, those, uh, likes and shares and comments. And you say, Hey, tell us when your favorite place to eat is. Well, if you've never asked a question on social media at all, you need to understand you might probably won't see very much reaction to that. Probably won't see maybe one or two uh, comments. And the reason is because you're just starting to build this culture of trust. They don't know to trust you. They don't know that they should care that you want to know that, you know what I'm saying? So until you're building that relationship, you're not going to get those responses. And this helps build that trust through authenticity that actually can help you engage with your people on social media for your church in a way that's very human, very real, raw and authentic and safe for them to be able to express the real needs that are going on. And then my friends, you have a pinpointed access to how you can help your people understand Christ and what he is trying to do in their lives in a way that they've never been able to do before. And that is what it's about. Thanks for listening, you guys. Get the show notes at sethmuse.com slash 73. I'll link to that article and I will write some of these bullet points for what I just talked about with five ways to build trust online. Join my Facebook group. Uh, link is in the show notes as well. Follow me on Instagram, all that stuff. And last but not least, I've got a freebie that'll be in the show notes too. 
If you're wanting to know all the ins and outs of Instagram and you haven't started as a church yet, I have got the course for you for free. I've teamed up with Ryan Wakefield at, at, uh, Church Marketing University to create an Instagram 101 course. And it's really not just 101. It's 101, 201, 301. It goes deep. We do everything except advertisements and how to do it. And uh, it's, it's such a fun, it's a fun course. It's really short, but it'll give you everything you need to know. I'll give you a link. It is an affiliate, uh, but I will give you a link at in the show notes to go get that for free. And if you want to, you can sign up for all their other courses. They do really good work in helping church communicators tell the best story ever and much more successful and fun ways. So check those guys out. Thanks for listening, everybody. See ya. This episode of the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast is brought to you by the Konami Code. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. Start.